Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Lavender Woman Podcast. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time, welcome. Like, where you been? (laughs) But in all seriousness, um, this is a relatively new podcast, and so we're just glad for every listener that we have. So this week, we will be exploring the pros and cons of being married to a damaged spouse. Um, Last week, we discussed part one, which was the pros and cons of being married to a strong spouse, and particularly a strong woman, a strong wife. And the feedback, the response to that episode was great. Um, You guys seem to have loved the content. It was relatable, and we're just glad. We want to create content that everyone can relate to no matter the stage of life that they're in. And so we're excited to do part two. So once again, this week, we have a guest. We have my other half, my better half, back to complete part two of this relationship episode. And let's welcome him back. Hey. Hey, how y'all doing? Y'all, he came back. You knew I had to do like a lot of convincing for the last one. But this one was a little bit easier. Well, no, I take that back because I've been asking you to record this for longer than I should have. But we're getting it done. And that's all that matters, right? Absolutely. Anyway, he, y'all, anyway. So this week we are talking about damaged people and relationships. So, the disclaimer that I put out there last week was, I am strong because I have been damaged. And I feel like when you've gone through some things in your life, it makes you stronger because you have to learn how to bounce back from different scenarios, different situations, situations and scenarios that may not, you know, have been favorable or um, pleasurable, but you figure out ways to just maintain and to keep it moving. So that was why I put that out there last week because I don't want, I didn't want people to feel belittled or to feel less than because maybe they're not in a strong season in their life. We all have different seasons in our life. Uh, Sometimes you're weak by demand, you're weak by force. It doesn't make you any lesser than or you know, less than someone else. It's just the season that you're in. So hopefully you can find some tools that will help you regain your strength. So with that being said, let's let's go back like almost 15 years to when we met. And I was very honest. I was very transparent, very, very just candid with him about me. And he didn't listen. So I feel like that's his fault because it's my responsibility to tell you the truth. Whether you believe it or listen or take heed to it or not, that's on you. But do you remember one of the first things I told you when we met? Do you remember? What? You're supposed to remember. You said a lot of things when I met you. Oh my goodness. This one is in regards to us like talking and going out and being in a relationship. And I said something to you and I meant it. Like it was it was the truth. And I was it was like my warning to you almost like, um, you you should be able to hear the alarms now. I've kind of given you your warning. Hey, what you gonna do with this? You staying, you going, you walking away, what, what we doing here? You don't remember? No. Oh, you ruining it right now. What is it? You honestly don't remember? We talked about so much stuff back then. What was it? 
I told you in the very beginning, oh, and this is off topic, and maybe we should have another episode about this because it's completely off topic, but I just think it's worth discussing, like the whole courtship part of relationships. We'll go back and maybe do that at a later day and time. But y'all, this wasn't quick. Like, it was quick once it happened, but yeah, it took some convincing for this thing to really come full circle. But we'll talk about that later. Another day. Another time. All right. So in the beginning of our friendship turned, courtship turned, relationship turned. To what it is now. <laughs> you wanted me to speed up that process? Okay. Mm-hmm. I told him when I met him, like in the very beginning, because we used to work together. We were co-workers. And I told him, you don't want these problems. And I was saying that as honestly and as trans- transparently as I knew how. But that was my way of telling him, like, hey, look, I have a lot of stuff going on. And I know that I'm not mentally in a healthy place. I'm not emotionally stable right now. You know, I just have some stuff going on, some things that I'm trying to get through and heal from. And I told him. And he stuck around anyway. So, I don't know. When you first met me compared to me now... What would you rate my level of, like, what was my damage level when you met me? If we're going to do it on a scale from 1 to 10, what was the level, what was my damage level when you met me? Because I was honest and I was transparent. Back then, uh, probably like a 7 or 8. The lies you tell. Because more. You don't have to be modest about it. (laughs) Tell the truth and shame the devil. I mean, it was bad. So why would you say a seven? I think seven and eight is bad. Extremely bad is a ten. Right. Ten, I'm not going to stick around for those ten. But so. you did. Well. Y'all, he's he's being modest, and I can appreciate that. He don't want to put me out there like that. But it was a ten. Let, let's, let's just keep it real for the people. Okay. We can be real. I honestly can't believe you said a seven. I said a seven is pretty bad. But it's not like... Bad, bad. Ten is like death. Yeah, that's where I was. I felt like I was knocking on death's door every day. I don't know why he said seven. That's kind of like what? puzzling to me. That's still bad. It is bad. bad. But seven and ten are two totally different levels and of you're bad. Right. You're right. And yeah. I can honestly say, well, maybe okay. You want to sound cra- You want to sound real crazy? And you know, it's all your little no, but I want to be. Transparent. Okay, well, she was bad people. She was very bad. And I can respect. Okay, so she was she was eleven. <laughs> Ooh. And, okay. First and, of all, the number stop at ten. Oh, I'm sorry. She was a ten. Shade. But shade. You know, I stuck around and I married her, and mm. this will be all today. Mm. What? Where, where are we today? We doing this podcast right now today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing at the moment. But where are we in our lives today? I mean, we're we're at a good place. I mean, you're not a ten anymore, so that's good news. We're we're in a great place, you know. A lot of stuff has changed since then. A lot. Mm-hmm. People have grown. A lot. Some wounds been taken care of. Many. So yeah, we had a better place now than we were fifteen years ago. So, I'm gonna like go back just a little bit because I can't tell him he's wrong about Santa Seven. That's his opinion of me. And I know we are our harshest critics. So maybe I 
saw myself at a 10 and maybe he did see me at a seven. So I can't say that you're wrong. It's just that I saw a different level of damage within me than clearly than you saw. Of course, because you see yourself more than I do. Yeah. So you're going to see things that I don't see. That's true. That I shouldn't see. That's true. At the same time. But so. what did you see? Let's let's go back to the beginning. What was, what did you see in that time in our relationship? Well, building our relationship where you knew, okay, like she's telling the truth. After she, after we got together, or during the process. During the of process us, of getting whatever. What was the first like time where you really could tell that I was damaged and I had gone through some things in my life? I mean, what I stood mean, out to you the most? Some of the conversations that we had, considering the fact that you weren't playing around with certain things. Like what? Relationships. Yeah. Um, had no time for the foolishness, y'all. So, I mean, you told me about your previous relationship and how things were. And the stuff that you've been through prior with everything, just in life in general. And, you know, I took that in consideration. That, you know, this ain't now one of them get in and get out situations. So... I just rolled with the punches. Were there a lot of punches? Of course. Mm-hmm. A lot of punches. Some punches are still thrown today. Ooh. That's just life. What you trying to say? I be throwing I, punches? I just said it. It's life. Mm. I'm going to throw some punches. You can throw some punches. Ooh. But none of those punches are actually like making really no, contact. Yeah, ain't nobody okay, there's no physical punches. Let's just be clear <laughs> yeah, about that. Don't we're call speaking, nobody over Hypothetically, <laughs> we're speaking... Figuratively, no physical punches. Yeah. None of that is happening up in here. Has never happened. Will never happen. Let's just be clear about that. So, all right. So, with that being said, um, I salute a man who commits to healing a heart that he did not break. It takes a special type of man to do that. All men are not built for it. All men are not suited for it. It takes a man of pedigree it takes a man of substance it takes a it takes a special type of person to step into someone's life who is severely damaged who is broken what seems to be beyond repair so and that was at a young age right and we were so young and i think at that age life is just so delicate because you really don't know what you're doing you're trying to figure it out as you go you know you're at the age where you should be depending on your parents less and being more independent but you're not sure how to navigate the trials and the struggles of life so you're just kind of figuring it out on your own because you don't want to seem like you don't have it under control so when you start out young and when you meet someone that has like trauma and just you can just tell their damage from just many areas of life literally kicking their tail um back and forth it's hard it's a struggle so that's why um i commit men who i commend men who commit to that healing um to healing a heart that they did not break that's a responsibility that you don't deserve. But if you take it on and the other person in the relationship commits to that healing, it can result in something beautiful. I always say that something beautiful can come from ashes. So if you feel like right now you're just being swallowed up by ashes, you can really paint a beautiful portrait with those same ashes. So just keep that in mind and be encouraged as you are on your journey to healing. So I want us to discuss um, some of the challenges of dating or marrying someone with trauma or 
severe damage to their heart, to their life, to their emotions, to their mental health? Like, what are the challenges of being in a relationship with someone who is facing those things or who has faced those things? Well, <clears throat> I can say the challenges are personally that, um, I mean, that person is delicate. So, Angle say you have to walk on pins and needles, but you got to be mindful of the things you say and the things that you do for you won't damage them, the person even more than what they already are. So, I mean, I'm not going to say you're not going to make mistakes. Right. I mean, people make mistakes. I mean, that's just life. But you got to know how to recover from those mistakes. And you got to also know that that person you're dealing with is damaged. So you got to be extra, extra cautious when you do things. Speaking to them, some things you can say can trigger them. It's just so many things that you got to take heed to. So... Again, you have to be patient with that person because that person requires an amount of attention that, I mean, you got to be on top of it. That's my whole thing when it comes to that. And he mentioned triggers. So he would, we would be just having maybe general conversation or we could be hanging out with friends or we used to do a lot of hanging out with friends back then. Um, and there could be just general conversation that would trigger me, like could literally set me off. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And at that time I didn't realize that they were triggers. I didn't learn that until maybe a year or two ago. Um, when I really committed to my, um, committed to my healing. So just knowing that communication that we talked about last week, is so important because you have to communicate with your spouse, the areas of your life that are broken. You can't expect them to sit there and figure it out. They can't just read your mind. They weren't there when you were being broken. They weren't there when you experienced your trauma. So just communicating with them those areas so that they will know um, just how to proceed and how to just be more gentle with you on certain subjects and certain areas, going certain places. Um it just makes it a lot easier for both people involved because if I know something is going to possibly be a trigger for me, a place, a conversation, a topic, but he doesn't know that and that topic comes up, that can leave him feeling lost and confused as well as me feeling hurt and confused. So the communication of your trauma, the communication of the damage in which you have sustained is so important because that can help the other person aid in your healing anything else about that no that's that's true yeah. i always tell you that i'm not a mind reader he says that a lot so, like so much to help me help you that's the whole thing right you know i don't know what's triggering you right now i mean it could be anything like it could be a simple conversation i think that's you know having a conversation about something could be funny but i don't get a funny vibe from you and then you like that's not funny so it could be just those little small things like that that can lead to an argument or lead to somebody not talking because at the, because at the same time, you got to understand, yeah, she's mad with you, but I'm also upset too because now I'm mad because you're mad, but I'm also mad because you didn't tell me what the issue was prior to me saying it. So right. communication is like the biggest thing when it comes to situations like this, dealing with a damaged person. If this is a person that you see longevity with, you're planning a future with, you see you, you know, yourself being married and with children, starting a family, 
then you need to be honest. Be transparent about your truth. Don't be ashamed of your truth. Um, embrace your truth, regardless of how ugly it is, regardless of how tarnished it is. It is still yours. Embrace it um, and share it with that person that you see yourself spending the rest of your life with so that they can help you on your healing journey. So that we are talking about healing a lot and we just finished discussing triggers. And I know this happened maybe two weeks ago. I don't even remember where we were or what happened, but I just remember me telling you about how someone was making a joke about, and this is completely relationship unrelated, but it just shows you how sensitive your triggers can be. So something could be triggering you and you're not even realizing that it's a trigger for you. And I remember telling him a couple of weeks ago that someone, I think I was at work, because I came home really upset about it. They were making jokes about Alzheimer's. And for me, it wasn't funny because I had a very close family member who passed away from Alzheimer's and I was um, one of her caretakers up until her death. So they thought it was all funny games and they're literally cracking up and they're joking and they're laughing. And I'm standing there hurt and disappointed and just really super sensitive about it because even if I hadn't experienced that firsthand with a loved one, I don't think anything concerning health or illnesses or conditions or disorders are funny. I, I don't see the humor in it, but a lot of people do. And I realized at that moment that I was triggered. It literally almost, it sent me first like into tears and then there was like a rage that followed that. But because I've been on a healing journey, I realized that as soon as it happened and I was able to implement some of the practices and the tools that I have picked up in therapy. So we're going to do a mental health therapy episode where we touch more on those triggers and coping mechanisms. But it's just important to know or to realize or to pay attention to certain things, certain conversations, even certain smells can trigger you, certain um sounds could trigger you. So just being aware of that, especially in your relationship, because it's not the other person's fault if they don't know that that's a sensitive area for you. So it's not fair to take something out on them that they're not responsible for. So being that we're talking about healing, what did you have to learn in order to help me heal? Is there anything in particular that you think as a spouse of a damaged person that you did that helped me heal maybe quicker or help me heal an area that I was struggling with? Like, what did you have to do to help me on my healing journey? Well, me, um, you got to put yourself on the back burner sometimes. It can't be about you speaking on me. It can't be about me. You got to be about the other person sometimes. Everything can't be about you. And it all still revolves around the same thing, like patience. You got to be patient with that person. Like, you got to take your time to be patient with that person. The time that you, you know, indulge and love yourself, you got to give it to somebody else sometimes. So the whole thing is that you got to give. You got to give your time. You got to be patient. And you got to understand you're not the one hurt. They're the one hurt. So you got to do all you can and make them feel comfortable that you... Just being there for them is good enough. So just patience. It's like one of the most things I had to give up, patience. Like patience in my time. And and I'm not a very patient person. So 
think you're more patient than me. Of course I am. But what Ooh. I'm saying is I enjoy, you know, I enjoy <laughs> my time. You do. So me giving up my time and actually going online sometimes and look up some stuff about the situations and the things you got going on in your life because it's more than just one thing. Yeah, it's you a know, combination of It's a combination things. of yeah. a lot of things. So you got to put everything in aspect. That person's health, what that person's gone through, everything. Their job, how they feel in the morning when they wake up. You got to put all in an aspect. You got to ask questions because you don't want to get on the phone and make a joke about something. Have, you having a good day and you joking, but they're not laughing and joking because their day is going bad. So you got to know what to say, what not to say. Like I, Again, I say... Don't always make everything about you. Put them first. That's like the big thing. How difficult was it on days that I was a complete like emotional mess on emotional roller coasters, just constantly just trying to get my mind right, get my life together? How challenging was it for you to love me during those times? I mean, it's very challenging because... I'm cool. So, in all actuality, I'm expecting you to be cool, too. So, when I'm talking to you, I'm looking for a different person on the other end. And I'm not getting that. So, at that time, me being, you know, a very type person I am, sometimes you don't want to talk. You get, ups- you, get- you get upset because they're upset. And they're not in the mood, so you get upset. So, or they're killing your vibe because you're in a good mood and they're not. So... You got to learn to deal with that and just know that's not them. That's just the issues and the problems and all the bad things coming out of them. That's that's, that's what that is. That's just not them. They're a very good person inside. But sometimes the problems and the issues or what they got going on, sometimes it surfaces and it overshadows all that. So you got to be patient. And in addition to patience and um, just time, quality time, I always ask one thing of him in addition to those things. And it and it seems like we kept going back to that one thing. Because when you are damaged and you're trying to heal the areas of you that you know are broken, and in the process of that you find other areas that you did not even know were broken, you need someone that can remain consistent. That was like our key thing that I told him. I was like, if you can do well, I was any- horrible at that. He was horrible with the <laughs> consistency, guys. I like, mean, sometimes I'm still horrible at it, but <sighs> I'm a lot better than I was. He's so much better. Like, I'm going to give credit when credit is due. He's so much better. But those that was one of the things that I kept over and over and over and over again having to reiterate because when you're going through and you are trying to heal plus grow plus mature plus evolve, You need consistency on the other end. You need that person that is occupying that space in your life, that hole in your heart, um, to be consistent. And so what I noticed, and I'm I'm not saying that it's easy to be consistent with such a damaged person. I'm sure that it's not. It's hard. But it's necessary. So what I would notice was that, you know, if I was having a rough emotional day, and I never knew that my mental health had taken such, like, blows. I I didn't know that up until a couple of years ago. I was just handling life as best as I could. But one of the things that I would notice is that he may have been really patient on this day with this situation. He may have been really understanding, really compassionate. 
maybe the next time, still patient, still loving, still compassionate. But if something else were to like arise closely to when other things were being, uh, were settling, that patience may not have been there. That compassion may have been lessened. The empathy was gone. The So I just noticed there was an inconsistency in the support. And that really hindered some of the areas from healing. And it's not his fault. I'm not blaming him because I'm ultimately responsible for my healing. No one can heal me but me. Um, but consistency was one of the things that we went back and forth about. So I think if you're married to a damaged person, if you're dating a damaged person, if you just met someone and they're transparent enough to tell you that they're damaged, make consistency key. Make consistency a priority. Make it something that you do all day, every day, as best as you can, as best as you humanly can. It's like As long as I know that you're being, you're putting forth 100% effort, you may miss the mark sometimes, but... I should see the consistency. I should feel the consistency. It should be present at all times. You just got to watch the distractions. Yeah. Because that'll take you off the game. And, once and it's you... easy to get distracted when you're not vibing. Yeah. It's so easy. Like, it's very easy. So, you got to keep your, you know, your antennas up and, you know, stay focused on your partner and see what's going on. They're supposed to be your right hand, so you need to be focused on your right hand. Because it's easy to look somewhere else and next thing you know... You wonder why that person mad, and then they're going to tell you the same thing that, that was told to me plenty of times. Ain't no point in getting my hopes up. That's, and crash them all down. That's what I do. Get the hopes up and break them down. So you got to stay consistent, man. Because the consistency is going to show the other person that you're serious about them, regardless of what state they're in. And I felt like I was kind of letting my guards down in certain areas of my life. But if the consistency changed, it changed my perspective on those things as well. So the guard will automatically go back up. So he's, you know, frustrated with me because I'm still really guarded. I'm frustrated with him because he's not being consistent. And now we ain't talking. Exactly. And that solves nothing. That solves nothing. So just being mindful that consistency is key when dealing with someone that's damaged. Um, and these type of conversations are never easy. I don't want it to be a sad, soppy episode. That's not what it's for. But it's to just shed light on some real life relationship stuff. There's not a person walking the face of this earth that has not been hurt in some kind of way. There's not a person walking the face of this earth that has not had things happen to them that changed them. It changed their personality. It changed their outlook on life. So just being open about it can really help you in your relationships. It can help you in your career. It can help you full circle if you're willing to commit to it. So anything else on that particular part? No? Mm-mm. Do you think my brokenness um, revealed parts of you that you didn't know were broken? Did you see anything in me that you didn't know existed in yourself? Mm. I saw things need to be worked on from, you know, your situations. As far as some of the problems that I made that I didn't know 
literally like I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Um, Just say it. Well, the damage I've done to you by not being patient and not being there when I need to be there, it kind of made me step my game up as far as like, dang, like, you got some work to do yourself. So me fixing myself also ultimately helps fix you. So with that being said, I mean, you can't really fix nobody unless you really fix yourself. Right. If I'm broke, how can I fix you? So I had a lot of stuff I had to fix on my own that I had to, like, take the time out and look at myself and be like, how can I be there for her when I'm all the pieces? I'm every day on where. So, I mean, you got to heal yourself, too, at the same time. So Did you feel supported in that? Because I know we're talking about I me mean, as being the damaged person. So do you, did you, do you mean, feel that I was still able to support you as you fixed areas of your life, even though I was severely broken I mean, the, crazy, the craziest thing about the whole thing is you always supported me. That's so, like one thing. Honestly, y'all, if I'm going to like pop my collar for like two quick seconds, the one thing I, I and I don't have to don't, I, ain't try, don't, I ain't trying to blow her head up. I'm just saying she always supported it's me. It's okay. It's okay. I, I mean, so, my head can get blown for a second. It'll okay, go back down okay. to size. It'll go back right, down to size. We'll, but we'll, we'll blow your head up. that's one thing that I really, like, pride myself in. And, you know, it's that I've been consistent with him. And I tell him that all the time. I've been your consistent partner. Um, I have been there. When all ours was stock, you know, stacked against us, I've been there. When we had nothing, I'm still here now. So I, I take pride in consistency, and that's why it means so much to me, and that's why I expect it in return. Through it all, she's been there. So we pop her collar. Thank you. Right, she's been there. So, yeah, I never had a problem with her not being supportive. Even but, when I was going through. I mean, even when she was mad at me, she still volumes. was supportive. Like, that even, speaks volumes when a person when, can still support you when they're going through their own stuff. Right. And even when you're going through that stuff with me sometimes, you still were supportive to me. So, I mean, she's always been supportive. That's all I can say. But you have to support that other person, too. So, sometimes I wasn't supportive at all. And she'll tell you. I'm not even in front. Like, I won't support her. I was everywhere. Facts. All over the place. So, Facts. I mean, we're not having those issues anymore. I'm trying to be more supportive now. Like, look at me now. Yes. So, I'm being supportive. So, Facts. I mean, yeah. And so, with that being said, to the damaged person in a relationship, I get it. You're going through. No one understands how you feel, what you have going on, the places of you that are broken. I, I can relate. I've been there. But you can't make it all about you because your spouse is going to need you in certain areas of their life. Your spouse is going to want your attention, your support, your encouragement, your helping hand in areas of their life too. And even though your situation may be more severe, it could be more traumatic, that doesn't give you the right to not support your significant other. You still have to be willing to reach your hand out and help in any way possible. Even if you have to do it with tears rolling down your face. Even if you have to do it with your voice shaking and trembling because literally it's just too much. Like life is just overbearing right now. You still have to do it. I was supporting him through many, many areas of my trauma, many areas of my brokenness. But I was still there for him. And so you can't make it all about you. That's definitely not fair to the other person in the relationship to not have your support just because you're going through, but also that person extending you grace 
for the days that you just can't show up. It's, it's some days that you're not going to be able to show up. And grace being extended your way is so important because you won't beat yourself up about it so bad when you know that you're just doing the best that you possibly can do at that particular moment. It won't be like that forever. I promise it. The sun will come out. The rain will go away and you'll be in a different position. But in the mean, wow, you just have to be willing to do the work. You have to do the work. It won't happen on its own. The work won't work itself. You have to work the work. So I think that the affirmation for this week should be broken crayon still color. As a kid, I don't know if y'all remember elementary school because we're not going to go back to how old we were. But you know how you would sit at the table in maybe like a pre-K or kindergarten class and there'll be a box of crayons in the center of the table. And you always went for the crayons that were whole. No one wanted the broken crayons. And it could be a box full of crayons, most of them broken. But if you picked up that crayon, it still colors. I mean, you can't outline that good with a with a broke crayon. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to ruin? Because I was because the connection. No, no, no. The connection's still there, but they should be able to connect to that. How many times have you grabbed a broke and crown and tried to outline, and it wouldn't work so well? And that's true. It's still but we colors. haven't we haven't gotten to that point yet, though. This was the point that that broken crayon still colors. Oh, of course it does. So if you are that broken crayon, don't think that you're not to the standard of a crayon that could be, you know, in fully, you know, intact because you still color. Just if you're a broken blue crayon and you're next to a whole blue crayon, both of those crayons still color blue. But just know, just know though, that broken crayon, right, might can't make a sharp point and outline like that brand new crayon can, but the more you work on that crayon, It'll sharpen it'll the sharpen itself. Exactly. So that was my next point that he skipped to and rushed to to ruin the connection of the affirmation. I thought like the connection came topic. right back just just now. Like <laughs> oh my we goodness. just hit it again. Like a broken crown still colors. Yes. And the more you work on that crown, mm-hmm. it'll be just as good as new. That's true. So with the affirmation being that broken crown still color, that is like your prompt. That is your little kickstart to do the work to sharpen that broken and dull crayon that's the prompt that's what should get you up ready excited to propel yourself into your healing journey so that that broken crayon can no longer be dull can no longer be overlooked in a box of other crayons but can be chosen can be whole can be fulfilling okay that makes sense 100 percent so crazy. All right. So the seed that we should plant this week. I have a seed in mine, but do you have one or you want to just go with mine? Oh, I don't got no seeds. You don't have a seed? Not. I got two. We're not talking about <laughs> but no, 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 no. biological seeds. No, no, no. Go ahead and plant your seed. All right. So hopefully you guys will be able to make a connection to this as well. But I feel for this particular topic, because it is so sensitive and no one wants to admit they're damaged and no one wants to admit the things that they've gone through, it's hard. So the seed that we're planting for this week, our seed of intention, we're going to plant the seed in the ground. We're going to water it. We're going to take care of it. We're going to nurture it because it's going to help us grow. That seed is 
vulnerability. And I chose vulnerability because I think we have confused that word greatly. We've turned it into this um, just modern day doomsday type of word. And it doesn't have to necessarily be that. So vulnerability can be defined as the quality or state of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. So when I'm asking you to be vulnerable, who wants to do that? It literally says the state of being attacked or harmed. Who wants to put themselves in harm's way? No one. I don't know a person who would deliberately just say, I'm going to stay in here because I know something is going to happen to me. It's going to hurt. It's going to mess me up emotionally, but I'm here for it. No, that's not what you set out to do. But if you look at vulnerability from a different set of lenses with a different pair of eyes, you may see it like this. Vulnerability happens when you completely trust. And that's the part that we're trying to get to. Yes, you're broken. Yes, you're damaged. But can you trust the person that you've chosen? After all, you chose this person. So if you can't trust them while you're on your journey, then you need to revisit the reasons why you chose them to begin with. So if it happens when you completely trust, then you know that vulnerability comes from both joy and pain. You are at that point allowing someone to do either emotional damage, which can happen when you're being vulnerable, but guess what else can happen when you're vulnerable? healing. And that's the part that we forget. We are so guarded. We're so shut out. We are afraid to be vulnerable because we're afraid to be hurt again. We're afraid to be vulnerable because we are afraid that we'll be traumatized again, that that person will neglect you or abuse you. But if you open your heart and if you're vulnerable enough with the right person, that person can also yield healing in your life. So don't get so caught up on the negative association of vulnerability, but be open to vulnerability so it can heal you. So I can be honest and I can admit that I was, I, I don't think I'm very vulnerable to this day. So that seed of intention is definitely for me because it's scary when you've trusted those same type of things before with different people and it's always been the same outcome and then it's like sis then you're asking me to do this again I, I've done it three times and this is where we are but at some point you have to you have to be vulnerable you can't be guarded you can't have those walls up because walls do two things they let people in which can be good people which can be bad people but they also keep people out which could also be good people and bad people so what are your thoughts on our seed of intention for this week? Just being vulnerable and how important it is in a relationship for each person to be vulnerable with each other. I mean, it sounds good to me. <laughs> all of that, and that's all you have to say. I was listening. I'm, I was just like them for a second. Do you think I'm vulnerable now? Of course. You do? Mm -hmm. But not... Probably as much as I should oh, be. Oh, no, no. But you're, but you're more than what you were. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, it's hard to complain about something. It's a process. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to complain about it. So it's, it's better. It's a process. I definitely trust him. 
now more than ever before with the matters of my heart. And that's what will help you become more vulnerable. If you can trust the person that you chose. I mean, I trust you with my ass too. Come as on. you should. As you should. Man, you, you sound like the bad guy. No, I'm not making you sound like a bad guy. That's not the, the um, picture that I'm trying to paint at all. But sometimes the matters of your heart are heavy. And the other person's like, wait a second. There's more? Wait, 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 wait. Like, we're, it's full. There's nowhere else to put any of this. So when you can trust that person with the matters of your heart, with the ugliness of your life, with the things that keep you up at night, then that person clearly is a person that you can be vulnerable around. Like when we first met, okay, I was in a very, very bad car accident many, many years ago. And I was traumatized, didn't realize it then, but to this day, I still suffer from severe anxiety because of that. So I was afraid to let him drive me anywhere because the the accident triggered that where I could only trust my own driving. But look at me now. Now he drives me everywhere, but it took years to get there. Oh, yeah. Like the first... But you got to look at it, too. At the same time, I got truth. tired of you driving all the time, man. No, that's not what you should have said right No, no, there. no. <laughs> you I thought you were going to say, but tell the truth, I wasn't a great driver. No, no. And I, I was going to say, I, so I, exactly. No, so why would you trust I'm, me? I just don't. Why would I no, trust no, no, you? no, 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 no. No? You got to see. So that, you were a good driver. You got to fix that. You, got, you, just, you just messed up something. See, it wasn't the fact that I wasn't a good driver. I but wasn't. you a, really weren't. I wasn't a good driver to your standards. Okay. Because I you prefer because when you drive, what I tell you, you honestly, what do I tell you? Don't don't be in front. <laughs> Y'all, he complains about my driving. Oh my so god! Much. Oh my god! It's but, not even like that for uh, real. Not not. I w- I real. sure wish these cars could talk. Because these cars would tell <laughs> and my you. My car would say, "My owner is a great driver." Your your car would say, "Trade me in." No, no, she would not. <laughs> no, she would not. I've had her since she was born. No, no. She if she can go right now, her own, she'll run away. She would not. She All has right. a comfy garage that she sleeps in every night. You think she's sleeping there? She probably leave and come back. <laughs> she doesn't have the garage. She go find somebody that drives her, drives her nicely. You know what? But getting back to the point that was trying to be made was that it took years. Oh yeah. When I say years, I don't mean... You drove everywhere. One or two years. You drove everywhere. I don't mean three or four years. But look at me now. I'm driving her to D.C. I'm driving her to this place. I'm driving through town. I drive I trust him for everywhere. long road trips. She um, even go to sleep. She go to sleep now. And that was something that never would happen. Nope. I would never close my eyes when oh, I'm in a car. But I'm sleeping. If she driving, I'm sleeping. Oh, he doesn't care. He goes to sleep before oh, yeah. I can put the car and drive. I'm gone. But that's the difference between... The trauma that I experienced versus the lack of trauma that he experienced. I mean, I have a trauma. But no, he did. Okay, he has a trauma with transfer trucks. Right. If it's raining yeah. and a tractor trailer. Trucks bother him. I'm not the passing them. Yeah. You can be it going 25. Nervous. I am not passing that Because truck. he was in a car accident that involved the transfer truck on a really rainy, just horrible weather day. So hmm. he does suffer. So we all have our traumas. But that was my trauma. I couldn't trust anyone. To drive me anywhere. So think about just the oxymoron in that. I trust him with my life. I trust him with the matters of my heart. I trust him to be my husband. I trust him as my kid's father. But I don't trust him to drive me somewhere. So you really don't trust me then? But that's the part of brokenness that people don't understand. Right. That's the damage that's there. The underlying damage that's there that causes those type of conflicts. 
But that's what a person would say. Well, I guess you really don't trust me then. But at the same time, I you, do have, trust you, you have to be patient with right, that person. That's the area understand. of my life that's damaged. That hasn't healed. Right. So it's healed now for the most part. It's a lot better. So It's a lot better. I still press my passion aside breaks. Oh, I still... I um, still grab the door as sometimes because... Oh, I mean, we all ooh, do Lord things Jesus. that make us comfortable when mm. we're in bad places. So I still, I still grab the side of the door when you pass the trailer you if do. it's raining. So, but we're not talking about in the face of our trauma. No, I'm we're talking, talking about, about in general. general yeah. I grab the door when you're driving. In general, I press my passenger side brake. It ain't no brake over there either. Ain't no driver's yeah, in the car. I promise you, it works. <laughs> I press it and it it happens. So something is happening it's when all, it's all in the head. <laughs> but that just goes to show your damage. I trust this man with my life, but I can't trust him. To drive me to Richmond. I can't trust him to drive me. Not it doesn't even have to be as far as Richmond. Walmart. It could literally be the Walmart up the street. That's how severe it was. Like y'all do not understand. The first what seven years? Would you say maybe seven years? It was way more. I just started driving like two years ago. But you. <laughs> oh wow! That just really made it. Yeah. Worse. Now you really know. Don't, that's why I didn't want First 13 years. Right. I just started driving. That's not true, though, because when we used to take road trips before we used you to fly drove. with the kids, you and drove. we would take road trips. You drove. Seriously, you drove. Okay. I used, right. I used to be like, man, well, I guess I'm going to go to sleep. And you used to fuss because I leave you up. Yeah. And then I would be mad with him. So. <laughs> you let me drive and let me sleep. I would be mad with him <laughs> that he was asleep and let me drive the entire time. When in reality, I didn't want him to drive. I just want him to stay up with me. She had like, she going to take a nap if I drive when you go sit up and watch everything I do. So. Because that's that's the area that's damaged. But we getting weird. We getting weird. We, getting we are. Down. But that yeah. was to just um, form a correlation of how we react to our trauma. And how it's hard to be vulnerable. I've just started being vulnerable in that particular area with him, like he said, a couple of years ago. So this was a decade plus of him dealing with that particular area of my life. If that's not patience, then I don't know what is. That's like some type of like, I don't know. What's the word for like I don't extreme? Even, I don't like, even have a word for it. What's I'm like not going to even wreck my brain. To like the 25th power. We need to find that word and place it there in front of you, the amount of patience you have for me. Okay. We'll do that. We will do that definitely. Some other time. Oh, It's always some other time. Indeed. So, be patient with your loved one as they're going through. And the loved one that is going through... Learn as much as you can about what you're going through. You could be suffering from depression. It could be something else. It could be anxiety. So just educating yourself so that you will know your stuff when these things happen is so important. So we just want to encourage you guys to stick it out. Make it work as long as it's a, for the most part, healthy situation. We don't want you to be forcing things to work that are you know, a danger to your well-being, to your health, to your safety. But in those situations where the other person just has some things that they need to work through, work it out with them. Be that consistent partner that they need in order to start getting their lives back in order. So on this week's episode, the affirmation is broken crayons, still color. And that's just the reminder to yourself 
that you're still good enough. You can still show up. And our seed of intention for this week is vulnerability. I'm planting that seed myself because I know there's multiple areas of my life that I could definitely be more vulnerable in. And so I'm going to be intentional with that moving forward. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I feel like we discussed a lot of important areas regarding um, dating someone that is damaged. And I just hope that overall, this episode helped you grow or it taught you something that maybe you didn't know. So with that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up. There will be more relationship um, combo episodes in the future. Hit us up on our email to let us know some topics that you would like for us to discuss. It is 47lavenderseeds at gmail.com. Just let us know what you would like to hear from either us collectively or us individually. We're working on a segment just for the men. We don't want you guys to feel left out. Don't let the title fool you. The Lavender Woman has a lot for men, okay? So just know that always um, love and light will follow you. Despite what you're going through, despite how dark it is, it'll follow you always. Peace. Goodbye.